Greetings and welcome to my podcast. This is Marlene Ellis, the Hattrick Copywriter. And this week we're going to talk about, well, the Ukraine. You know, when war begins, everything else falls into the background because, of course, what is more important than facing a senseless killing of innocent people? Perhaps it's the verge of the Third World War. But before I get into it, let me first apologize because the sound isn't going to sound so great. I'm in a different place and I don't have my microphones, but we'll do the best we can. Um, so let's get into this discussion. So I know much publicized Putin's position is indefensible. So I'm not going to get into the justifications of Putin. I do think this is a senseless war from both sides. I do think NATO could have tried harder. And I can't ignore the fact that the the people that will make money are those selling weapons. And as usual, poor defenseless people are the ones that will suffer. But I've been appalled. You know, obviously, you think of the might of Russia and the smallness of, of the Ukraine in compared to especially their weaponry and the courage of Zelensky and you you know and like everybody else you feel the courage of the ukrainian people you know to stand up against the might of russia and the courage that they have to do that and of course we're always going to have sympathy for the small against the bullies as it were and at the same time it's always an issue from a black perspective and i i you know i was wondering what is the black perspective in this Ukraine has uh, 20% um, of the of, of African students are there as foreign students. It's one of the highest uh, countries for taking foreign students, and it attracts black students because of the fees. So, if you're an ambitious black student and you can't afford the fees of the West, you go to somewhere like the Ukraine. So, there are all sorts of African people. Caribbean people from Ghana, Nigeria, and South Africa, and all over in the Ukraine. And so what, what happens to them when they're caught in this, this uh, war zone? Uh, clearly, it is not a war that is to do with Africans. And, you know, like many, many wars, people get caught in and they, they rely on their embassies to get back home. So on the one hand, they've got to rely on their, their countries to look after them. But they have a circumstance, a challenge that nobody else has to endure. And that is to not only try and get out of the country, but to face racism by the small people that are fighting against the big bullies of Russia. And they, because they then become the bullies towards Africans trying to get out of the Ukraine. There have been some appalling stories and it really, it is so frustrating that even in the time of war, when people are ready to fight for their lives, there is still time for black racism. There is still, it seems that the mentality of hatred against black people is so deep that even in this moment, there is time to discriminate against black people. And it's not just people of African heritage, it's people from Syria, everybody that's not white. And equally, the treatment from the West in, in treating Ukrainian 
as refugees is different to the way other refugees are treated in the world. There, there are sort of, in the world, there are 84 million displaced people and 68% originate from just five countries. There's Syrian refugees, there's Venezuelan refugees, Afghanistan, South Sudan, and Myanmar. And we can say that none of these refugees are being treated with as much care as we can now see the Ukrainians are being treated. And we know that even some of the, some of the journalists referred to, you know, this is not the third world. These are people with blue eyes, war going on in, in Europe. The racism in, in that, that terminology tells you a great deal. And I've got the Evening Standard in front of me where they describe some of the horrific situations that black people are facing. There's a story from a British Zimbabwean called student Corinne, 26 years old, has recounted a horrifying ordeal on social media. She tried to escape the escalating conflict. She said she had received some threats of violence from some local Ukrainians who don't believe we should enter when she tweeted about her journey to the Romanian border. And the Romanian border has actually been more open to black refugees than, to, uh, than the Poland border has. And Poland, I mean, just think of it. We've got the Refugee Convention. It's very, very clear. 1951, the core principle is non-refoulement, which asserts that a refugee should not be returned to a country where they face serious threats to their life or freedom. This is now considered a rule of customary international law. So it's a breach of international law if you don't let people leave from those circumstances where their lives, their freedoms are at risk. This is more than clear in this uh, situation between Russia and uh, the Ukraine. And then if you're an EU member, then you've got Article 18, rights to asylum, require you to comply, comply with the Refugee Convention. So it's not as if there's anything in dispute here. This is blind racism, and it just is torturous that this never ends, no matter what the circumstances are. We have, just a short while ago, Zelensky was being sort of really praised that he's a refugee, a Jewish family that has suffered in the Holocaust, and the, the nerve, the audacity of Putin to describe the Ukraine a ground for neo-Nazism. And, and now we have this situation where there's a viciousness going on that no blacks, they're told in no uncertain terms, no blacks on the buses, they get put back to the queue. A another person said that, I look into the eyes of those who are turning us away. I see bloodshot racism. They want to save themselves and they are losing their humanity in the process. He continued, this isn't just happening to black people, even Indians, Arabs and Syrians. This clearly should not be the case. Now, where does that leave us? From a black perspective, how do we respond to this in terms of the support and the compassion we feel for the Ukraine? The same Ukraine that now have no qualms at the same time about discriminating against us, leaving us there purely on the basis of being black. Well, I, I think what I want to say is we should re make a distinction between politics and people insofar as when poor people are powerless 
and face being killed and have been killed in this war, we should maintain our humanity as a black people. I'm not saying that that's easy, but what we share in common is the humanity of the powerless. And I'm not saying the people that have been murdered in the Ukraine have any greater sympathy for us. But I think for our humanity, we have to separate the politics from people. So I'm still going to be caring and hoping for the powerless people of the Ukraine to survive this war, to live another day. And I pray for of my, my African brothers and sisters to get out, to be able to get out. I absolutely, in this moment, deplore the position that Jamaicans have taken. The Jamaican government, to their shame, offered to help 40 Jamaican students, medical students, to leave the Ukraine, provided they pay for it. They required them to sign up to a loan and pay. And like I said, the students are there because they don't have a great deal of money. They'd be in the West if they did. So some Jamaicans didn't take up that offer because they knew that they couldn't afford it and didn't want to add to the burden of their plans. Then the Jamaican government said that those Jamaicans that have chosen to stay in the Ukraine chose to do that. They lied. They have chosen to their shame this moment to profiteer from their own students. I can't think of anything worse. Here I am discussing the humanity of Ukrainians for us as other people, but Jamaican government in treating their own young people, we're talking about students and only a few are saying, we will not pay for you to come back to your own country. Though you are hardworking people, training to be doctors, medical doctors, that might in the long term really be helpful to us back in Jamaica. That, that long sight doesn't seem to exist. Instead, the short-termism of pay for your own ticket, and I do say it's profiteering, because this shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a negotiation about money. It shouldn't be the opportunity for governments to say, sign up a loan, let us add to your burden. Let us profit from the circumstance that you're in. I mean, one of the things when I was growing up as a child born in Britain was this sense of safety. You know, you travel, you're Britain, Britain will take care of you wherever you are. I, there was never this sense that if you get caught in a war zone, you'll have to pay your way back. And people that are studying hard to be progressive, to be do something useful in the world, like heal people, and this is how the Jamaican government treats their medical students. This is the most shameful story I've heard in this crisis, the experiences of black students. So I think it's absolutely so bad. This is something that you should vote against wholeness for, because how could you even think like this? So as much as I'm disappointed with the way Ukrainians are saying, no, you know, blacks to the back, I can't think of much worse than the behavior of the Jamaican government. So this is a very, again, a difficult time where we have to, I don't know if anybody saw that article where um, Putin came out very publicly and said, Africa is just a place where it's a graveyard 
it's an African graveyard that Africans spend so much time, we as an African people, spend so much time investing in other people and valorizing whiteness that actually it's to our detriment we end up in these situations. And I, I just begin to wonder whether he has a point that we have to start respecting ourselves better. We have to start trusting and really valuing ourselves. I'm a copywriter with a focus on black businesses, online black businesses, who have an interest in being of service to community. Because those things have to work hand in hand. Because that is how the rest of the world works. We have to think like this too. Believe in ourselves. And during this time, you know, you're going to be invited to be obsessive, watching the TV. It can be very compelling when I ask you to resist it. By all means, of course, we have to keep informed. But stay focused on what you have to do. You have plans. Keep going. Oh, watch TV a little bit, come off it, get on with your work. Don't be pulled into that 24-hour obsession of watching the news because energy-wise, it increases anxiety. The worry in the back of our minds about the Third World War won't help by you just staring at the television to see a sign. Come away from the propaganda. Focus on what you have to do in your life and stay very, very positive and peaceful. Stay peaceful in the face of adversity because the energy of that is more powerful in the world than the focus on the TV, the news and the anxiety it generates. When you stay creative, don't tell yourself, it seems to be so wrong when people are dying. Change what you can, but be realistic about what you can't. And always, positivity and creativity creates a better energy in the world than trauma, anxiety and distress, which is what the news produces, inadvertently or otherwise. So that's my stuff. I've gone over 15 minutes, but I'll try and edit it down because I know 15 minutes is enough. So finally, there's just one more thing for me to say, and that is, please don't forget, I have an amazing webinar coming up on black breast cancer. There are some four women of really extraordinary experiences that are going to tell you positively and truthfully their experiences of breast cancer. Why? because we are getting breast cancer 40% higher than white women are for the same diagnosis. And we have to stop that. And how do we stop that? We first of all start in getting into a much bigger conversation. Let's talk about this. Let's figure out what we have to do. And let's aim together to change the conditions that create breast cancer. So please don't forget the webinar is on the 9th of March between 6 and 9 p.m. It's online. It's an Eventbrite um, thing. If you don't know how to find it, contact me at info at blackbreastcancer.com. Have a look at the website, www.blackbreastcancer.com. Uh, but register for the webinar. I'm really looking forward to seeing you. Thank you for tuning in this week. Have a good week, and I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>